BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Browns, like, what tells you they're going to the playoffs? Wait, no, no. You said the show. <laughs> we talking about the Jets, the New York no, we're Jets. We talking about the Browns. You said the Browns. Oh my God! What the about Browns, the Jets gives you, you that said, confidence? You the, other than Aaron Rodgers, you said Deshaun Watson, which looked awful last year. That's what you said, and you said the coach of the year for two years ago. So fancy two years ago. He might be going next year. Someone he might be going has next won year. 11 and games. Then, and then what else you said? The, 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 we said the defense? Oh, hell, I can't go to break. No, I'm just saying. I'm not going back and forth with the Jets and Browns. I'm just ask, when y'all watch the Browns, what makes y'all think they're going to the playoffs? Who finishes in fourth place in the AFC North? The Browns. It's number four in the AFC. It's a team with the worst coach and the worst quarterback. It's very simple. It is the Cleveland Browns. Worst I do not think... Yeah, the worst quarterback in the division. Deshaun Watson from Houston three years ago is not walking back through that door. And the Browns, I do not believe in. And the Browns are going to have some real soul-searching to do when this year they still don't get the reward of having a bad team because that pick is still going to the Houston Texans. Uh, I think the Cleveland Browns are going to finish in fourth place as well. The journey continues, and we're just getting started. What you did tonight was you earned that second season. That's what you earned, okay? And what I saw tonight was, guys, you know what I saw? It was, I got your back. It was, I got your back. And we had teammates on our sideline that weren't with us, okay? But they are with us, and they got our back. And what this team has showed time and time again is that I will fight my off for my teammate and I appreciate that fellas okay that's what makes great teams okay this second season that we're going into there's going to be a bunch of great teams that's what it is but the team I see in here is a connected football team that will not be denied for the brother next to you okay that's the truth we still we still have work to do we got work to do but I'm telling you fellas you earned it tonight you earned it. You took care of business and you earned it. I'm proud of you guys. Team on three. One, two, three. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reneker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. Browns fans. Let's fucking go! (laughs) We're going to the playoffs! I'm so jacked up from the intro. Uh, First of all, 
Nick Wright, Joy Taylor, Shady McCoy is the biggest dumbass on TV. Um, I'll give Rich Eisen a pass because he's been warming up to the Browns for about a month now. Uh, but, man, talk about just looking silly uh, at the beginning of the year. We all knew we had this potential uh, coming into this game or uh, coming into this season, going to the playoffs. Everybody on the outside doubted us. Adam Rank had us winning six games. Uh, just awful. Awful by anybody who gets paid to be on TV. Clearly didn't know the talent this team had. Uh, I'm so pumped to be doing a live here tonight. We got Kenny Mack all the way from the the, the north coming down here. We got in some uh, – he got to go to the game last night with John. He hung out with Justin. We did some golf. Now we're going to do this episode for you guys. And it says echoing in the camera cutout. We're having some terrible the, – The echo is coming from Kenny's mic because – that's just not the one we needed to use, but it's okay. It's going to yeah. work out. I think it's coming because you're sitting right next to him. There. I feel like I'm back in the stadium. This is great. I love this. <laughs> yeah. This is good. Uh, okay. Can we hear Kenny? Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> Kenny. Okay. What if, here, I'll, I'll just do this a little bit. Let's see if that helps. No what the fuck Let's are we go. doing here? <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're going to get into this episode. We're going to let this chat fill up. We got a lot of voicemails to get to today. If you ever want to get your voicemail on the show, head to the dogspodcast.com tap, leave voicemail on the drop down menu. You can also find the merch store on our website, get the whatever it fucking takes t-shirts that Josh is rocking right now. Uh, okay. I thought maybe Kenny was wearing one too, but he's not. <laughs> uh, I think I actually have his in the car. He got it delivered to my house. That's how cool we are. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, we're obviously going to get into everything about the game. Just kind of reflect on the season. We got a ton of voicemails to get to today. It's going to be an awesome episode. Uh, before we do, though, remember, find you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. Uh, you can also find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google if you prefer to just listen to the show. And lastly, if you're looking for more dogs content, head to jointhedogs.com, become an official dog pack member on the Patreon page, access to the private Discord, access to Kenny Mack on there. Uh, you get to hang out with the dogs all the time. You get to play fantasy football with us. We got multiple championships going on this week. Uh, we're doing like a tournament of champions. We're giving away about a zillion t-shirts. I think we're doing, are we giving away three dog pack member of the month t-shirts on this episode? No, I figure we'll do it in January. We're almost to January, so we got to do that one anyway. Oh, I, li I lied to the people then. Okay, we're doing it next episode. We collectively lied because I agreed that we would do it tonight, but <laughs> yes. I wasn't ready. So um, Okay, so but we give away, normally we give us away stuff once a month. Now we're going to give away five things in one month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes we get busy, but it's a good time in there. Browns fans all over the world. Uh, so if you want extra content and you want to hang out with us, join the dogs.com, become an official dog pack member. So... Browns 11 and five. Hot dang. Hot dang. Hot dang. You're going to hear a lot of hot dang coming in this episode. <laughs> hot dang. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to the, the hater video at the beginning. I saw that on Twitter posted by, I think his name was Brandon or something like that. So Brandon, if you follow the show and you're like, hey, that was my video. This is me giving you a shout out. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a good video. And I said, Josh, we need to start the episode with this tonight. Uh, and then obviously every time Kevin Stefanski gives a post-game speech, just inject it straight into my veins because <laughs> I, I can't get enough of them. Uh, I just want to throw it up to you guys. What was it like being up there last night? It was so cool. <laughs> Thanks, John. It's <laughs> yeah. good. I, I can tell Kenny was about to talk. Yeah, well, I, the one thing with the uh, crowd was that the um, – yeah, you're cutting out a little bit here. I'll take this. Go, Go for it, Johnny. It was awesome. I woke up. 
and I just knew it was going to be a crazy day. So I went to the gas station to get my caffeine. Justin knows this story already. Hit me, bro. Yeah, I'm in the parking lot of the gas station, about to go to work. I got, like, so much time, all right? I'm, I'm super early. And then my back door opens as this random guy just gets in my car. And I didn't down. know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, I think this is the night that I die. Right as the Browns are about to go to the playoffs, I'm about to get off by this weirdo. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, basically ever since then, it was just, like, the craziest day. So it's good. Drove up to Cleveland. I was going to say, tell us about the game, too. <laughs> oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting warmed up. Super awesome. So I got to Cleveland like 5 o'clock, so like three hours before the game started. Justin had already been up there for like five hours at this point. <laughs> yep. He's in rough shape. For sure. Super fun. Stadium was electric. Um, so I was sat with Kenny. We had really good seats. And honestly, like highlight of the whole game might have been Nick Chubb coming out yeah. before the game. Set the tone. Smashing the guitar. Putting the Batman mask on. Loved it. Super awesome. Um, awesome game, though. Um, offense was insanely good. It's ridiculous. I just want to say real quick, Max, he said Blake might have been right. Stefanski is a good coach. Guys, I don't mean to brag, but if you watch the show pretty consistently, there's a theme here. I'm typically right. <laughs> Until it comes to Derek Carr um, and the Raiders, you going. got it. You got it. I also wanted to shout out um, – Kenny and I met uh, Giovanni. Giovanni and uh, Giovanni. Giovanni hit us up on social, both ours. I'm pretty sure he might be watching right now. I hope he remembers after the haze of all the beers that we had last night. <laughs> I hope he remembers. He's like, uh, "How do you guys know each other?" I was like, "This is the president of the Ottawa Browns backers," and he's like, "Mr. President." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, this is John from the Dogs Podcast," and they're and it, like, "Once you start hanging out with these guys at the game, they're like Canada, Dover, what?" How did you guys all meet? And then we got to go into that whole story. But to get back to the actual game, when we started tailgating, I thought people were just, and, and Justin said it, they were just a little subdued. And I think the reason was the Amari Cooper news broke. Okay. But before that, we didn't really know what to expect with the kickers, right? If you're going into a game, you got a kicker two days ago, you got your punter the day before, or it was two, two days ago as well. You're kind of leery. Because this, in our head, right, was a field position battle. Well, if you don't have good kicker, you don't have a good punter, you're not feeling too good. But there was still enough confidence that people were happy to be at the game and the position we were in to be in the playoffs. But you could tell everyone was just a slight bit subdued. And I think when we got the first touchdown, it started rocking. Now, you hit it the nail on the head when, when uh, Nick Chubb came out. Man, people were crying, but there was like happy tears. They were getting after it. I swear to God, there was flies around my eye. I got a couple in my eye too, and I was like, "Oh, that, uh, I hope I'm not on TV." Who's cutting onions out here? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, that got that got that emotion up. You could tell it got the players as well. Absolutely. You know, and I think what really got like kind of set the tone for the rest of the day is that pick six. Mm. You know, and it was it bodied everything that the Browns were undrafted rookie free agent that they developed through the year hit pay dirt somehow you know and they got the got the points on the board what well, was an adversity thing too just like all year because we had just gotten the ball down there did not score any points gave them the ball right back and immediately he picked it off and takes it in for six it's like wow yeah i was so bummed that we didn't get any points on that yeah turnover and there it is played out we well did it anyways Andrew said the uh, player entrance was electric. In a, oh, absolutely. When they announced the defensive starters, Miles, obviously the last one, I couldn't even hear the guy say his name. No. Wow, really? Not, I, like, couldn't hear it at all. 
It was awesome. All I could hear was just that stadium was going crazy. Yep. Just from a fan, like a TV perspective, uh, from the pregame broadcast. First of all, they showed the Browns getting ready to come out in the tunnel. Lights are off, but they got the flag with like the uh, the up. staff on it. That was orange. Cool. Yeah, and they got the boombox. and And Greg Newsom just has like so much swag. Yep. And then they panned out and they showed the stadium and they had the lights off, but you guys all had your phone lights going. Mm. And I was just like that that lo- it's that looks like heaven. Like that's what I imagine heaven is. is. Uh, it definitely it, gave chills. Yes, it was. I was like, my God, this is so awesome. Uh, doing for the gyms. Just the fact that Jim Donovan had to call a playoff clinching win last time and like no stands. No, nobody was there. Yeah. You know I, what I mean, there. I think he even said in the call, the only thing missing is all of you. Yes. Bo Bishop right. said this on Twitter. And then to, he got to call a game in Cleveland with that crowd for us to clinch a playoff spot a week early. Uh, you can't. You can't write this any better. Like it's, you can't ever say the NFL is rigged because the, nobody could possibly come up with this story. It's impossible, unless it was scripted. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say a couple of things uh, while I still have just slight, slight voice, and then I probably won't say anything the rest of the show. Um, but that crowd, props to you guys, because the players asked for a whiteout. They asked for an electric crowd to you know get behind them and set the tone for the night. Uh, you know, they understood the assignment. I, we were talking about, I saw maybe four Jets fans the entire night. There were Browns fans showed up heavy. It was a sellout crowd. There was more Steelers fans there. It was unreal. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, it, electric environment. Um, I kind of talked to these guys about it. I went up in 2020 and got to see them clinch against the Steelers. And I didn't think that I'd ever see like a more like, passionate like excited group of fans even though there was only like twelve thousand people there just people were crying and like freaking out this was like a little bit more subdued and i i don't know if it's just because we're starting to kind of believe that like this isn't just a one-off like this this franchise is going places this is this is not like just a one and done and i think we're kind of setting the tone like there's something being built here and this is a real deal team like my my biggest takeaway um, from last night, I guess not the biggest one, but one of the first thing I th- I thought of was the Browns are a legitimate franchise. Yes, now, like for three fourths of my life, we have been a dumpster fire, and I'm not dumb. I'm not too afraid to admit that. Like if you've paid any attention, we've, we've lived it. We've lived it. We've yeah. been a dumpster fire. But since the drafting, and it, and it goes all the way back to Baker Mayfield. Like, mm-hmm. And I, I'm hard on Baker as much as anybody, but drafting Baker Mayfield, bringing in a Jarvis Landry and a Miles Garrett and a Nick Chubb, and these dudes set the foundation. And not everybody's still here. Jarvis isn't here anymore. Uh, some people want to know if we think we should bring him back. We're going to get into that. Uh, remind us in the chat. Um, Baker's not here anymore, but it can be undervalued. Like what kind of st- stability and a little bit of attitude. And just like the fact that like he made, like he liked Cleveland, at least at first, you know, and uh, being in Cleveland was seen as a positive thing with Baker Mayfield. And like, that's the culture change. And then you bring in Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and they're smart guys. And they start building a culture like, there's no way you can look at the Browns franchise anymore and consider them a dumpster fire. They're, they're just not. You're not a dumpster fire if you make the playoffs two out, two out of four years. And in the two years you didn't make it, you had an injured Baker Mayfield and a backup Jacoby Brissett for 11 games. 
Like you just, you're not teams, teams go from first to last and last to first all the time. There's so much parody in the NFL, but two out of four years making the playoffs, winning 10, now 11 games. Like we're in, I think the front office and the coach, we're going to have a two-time coach of the year out of of the last four years. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the league, just the, the way the league is going to look at the Browns after this season is completely different than any way that they've ever been looked at in our entire lives. We're finally building a culture, a consistency. Like guys like DeAnthony Bell are undrafted free agents two years in a row on this team. Now we used to not be able to keep draft picks two years in a row. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, but then DeAnthony Bell is undrafted and he, and he starts last year, only special teams. And then this year he's special teams and he's getting sprinkled in on defense. And now we're asking this guy to go out and start at safety. And he's a key contributor. It's because we we've grown him, and we've uh, and we've like nurtured his growth as a player, and we've developed him. And now he's all bought into Cleveland. Yep. He's flourished. You know what I mean? Like, and we got buy-in from everybody, top to bottom. Whenever they hired Stefanski the, and Andrew Barry, the biggest thing everybody kept saying was like alignment. They wanted top to bottom alignment. Everybody to have like one one goal, same mindset, one direction. There wasn't a coaching staff that wanted this guy, and a GM that wanted this guy, and an owner that wanted this guy. Like they wanted cohesion, and you're seeing the effects of that take place. Uh, I think you have to credit Jim Haslam and D Haslam. Like they were new owners when they first bought the team, and they made a ton of mistakes. Oh yes, a ton of mistakes. But the dude also was willing to admit when he made mistakes and he was willing to pony up the cash to pay for him. And, and I feel like he has stayed out of football stuff much more. Like he hired Deep Podesta and Barry and Stefanski. And finally he's like, these guys are smart. I'm going to let mm-hmm. these guys do the job I hired them to do. And I'm going to not pressure them. And, you know, that's got to be a one-year turnaround or they're fired and stuff like that. I mean, look at like, how can Carolina get anything done? You know what I mean? Back to back years. They got a long road ahead. You know what I mean? So like, we're not like that anymore. So fancy and barrier are going to be here a long time. Yes. I mean, Kevin being the first Browns head coach to take the team to multiple playoff appearances since Marty Schottenheimer in 88. Yeah. That's a long freaking time. And I love what you were saying about the franchise and you know, as a fan base, like you always love the team, like growing up, I've been a Browns fan my whole life. Like you just, you always love the Browns. You root for the Browns, but you're not always proud of the Browns. You know, I I've experienced that. We've all experienced that our whole lives. She's not always proud to be like, Oh yeah, I root for the Browns. Whenever somebody asks, is there, and it's changing. Is there not a more a deserving fan base? I feel like my life, I've always had to defend my fanhood yeah. to the Browns. <laughs> I've had so many people in my life tell me, why do you root for them? You know what I mean? Oh, why yeah. haven't you tried? Why haven't you changed your mind? Why haven't you went to a different team? It comes down to the love of Cleveland, really, and Cleveland sports in general. But I, I think that it's it's very just exciting just to see. This is what we've waited for. Obviously, there's been a couple seasons sprinkled in 2020 and uh, 2002, but there hasn't been a lot of it. So just to experience this season and just all the adversity and injuries, there's not a more deserving fan base for this to happen to. And maybe let's just see what happens. Maybe we're just getting started and hopefully we're just getting started. Yeah. And the, the fans hot, are, dang. The, hot dang, hot dang, <laughs> the fans are just starting to believe too, because uh, when you see the Browns and the stability, you can see the player development and it's something we never went through because they're uh, uh, like driving up here, just listening to the radio. What do we do? We, um, they bought the team. 
I think they basically kept Shermer for what, half a year? He got fired. Oh, yeah. Then we had Chizinski, one year, fired. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, Hugh Jackson was the longest tenured coach under the Haslam regime. I think they started under, to realize you can't just keep firing coaches, but then yeah. they picked the wrong one to, yeah. you know, execute that thought process with. And then Freddie Kitchens, like, it was a miracle. Back they to won the one six, year. Yeah. You know, wins and the, the one year. And now we have these, you know, all these guys were in the mentality, like, when uh, Stefanski lost um, or had a losing season after his uh, coach of the year, we got to get rid of him. Got to start over yeah. again because everybody's in that mentality as a yeah. fan, as no. a fan base. But what you saw is he laid the foundation down, and holy smokes, guys, uh, where do they go for training camp again? The Briar, yeah. sign them up again, please. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, because this is working. But you can see like the brotherhood with the players, and it makes a huge difference. The fact that they got guys picking up each other after every play and all that kind of stuff, right? And that's. That's, like you said, permeating through, and they have a culture now where we were the culture of restarting. That's a great point because you think about it. A lot of the guys that are making huge impacts right now on the team, Joe Flacco, Kareem Hunt, these these guys weren't with the team back then, but it was the culture that the team built then has just, like you said, it's come through the entire season and it just spills over. These new guys coming off the street instantly, they, they're like, yeah, I'm bought into this because yep. this, is, this is pretty legit. Uh, do we got, do we want to dive into some voicemails before we, we get too far into this? Sure. We can do that. Let's start it off with Thriller from Canada. What's up, Brown Shans? This is Thriller from Canada. And I just want to say, I'm so goddamn proud of this team. They have battled diversity all year. I am so happy to be a Browns fan. Everybody should be enjoying this win. Let's go baby playoff bound. That's exactly what I was just saying. Being Yo, proud Canada. of you. Is this a Kenny? Is that is that a long lost brother or something? It kind of sounded like. Uh, did you leave a voicemail under a, an anonymous name? He's a hoser, just like me. Eh? <laughs> I guess while we're doing these real quick, I'll just get Andrew Jackson in real quick because I think his starts out pretty nice. I think you guys are going to yes, enjoy this. I'm excited one. for this. It's a beautiful morning. <laughs> Good morning, Browns fans. Let's freaking go. We're going to the playoffs. Season just started. We're playing better than we ever thought we could. No one thought we could do this with a full, healthy roster, let alone the decimated, band-aided roster. Let's go, guys. Let's keep this energy. Quit having these bad feelings in your tummy times and get off the ledges. Let's enjoy this ride, and let's go to the end. Let's ride it to the wheels fall. Let's go, guys. He told me he's, he uh, in Discord that he left a voicemail singing. I said, Better be young Jeezy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like, uh, like he said, let's take this to the end and we're playing better than we ever thought we could have. I got a buddy of mine who it, he's friends with John and Justin also. He's a, he grew up a 49ers fan, but he's also, but and then he loves the Browns also. So it's like his, I would say he's probably a hundred percent devoted to Niners fan, but so I give him some shit sometimes, but he's, he loves the Browns. He follows the Browns very closely. And, uh, he texted me last night after uh, like halfway through the second quarter. He's just like, why not the Browns man? And I was just like, I was just thinking it. Why, why not? This was the reason I was, I was nervous going into this game, especially when I found out we didn't have a Mark Cooper. Cause I was like, is the, this is going to be the toughest defense. The offense has gone against since the Ravens game. Uh, we've played a, a, a bunch of defenses lately that aren't great. They might have strengths, like rushing the passer, they're good against the run. But in terms of total defense, they haven't been like what the Jets have been. Um, and so I was nervous. And then we come out and we just 
up until Elijah Moore gets hurt, we I mean we literally took him behind the woodshed. It looked like it looked like a high school team playing a JV team almost. And I was just like, we look like the team that nobody wants to play. There, there is no, your fan base might say you want to play us, but in that locker room and in that coaching staff, you're watching this Browns team and you're going, that's not the team we want to play week one, in the playoffs. Nope. Cause even, even if we pull one out on them, they're going to beat the shit out of us. And, uh, it's just, why not us? You know what I mean? Like we, we might have to play some meaningful ball, meaningful football next week, but there's a good chance we're not going to have to, and we're going to be able to rest if, if the Ravens win Sunday. I'm, I would find a Cleveland Glenville, and I would send them in our place. That's <laughs> the a local team. high school team for anybody who's not from around here. They're very and, good. Yes, uh, Ted Ginn Jr. went there, I believe. His dad's He's like a coach. legendary coach He's there. The coach. Um, I would send them in our place because I'm not. I'm not getting any. I'm giving this team a much needed. Uh, almost three week break. First of all, uh, to an NFL player, can you, after three weeks, they're going to feel like it's a brand new season. Almost. They're going to be so refreshed heading into that first round of the playoffs. I'm not worried about rust. I'm way more concerned about health because we had that week five by they need, they need a chance to get their, their bodies right. Um, I'm not mad at the idea of miles Garrett, Amari Cooper, hopefully Elijah Moore, if he's okay. Uh, Walker would be huge back on defense. Grant Delpit, these guys getting th- almost three weeks. Zadarius, he's, been, he's come up limping the last couple games at the so, end. Let's, sometimes at the end, I, I feel know. like he's just doing it because yes. he just wants to get out the game. Because yeah. every time he then he just jogs off the laughing. Yeah. Um, he was high fiving the whole dog. Pack. <laughs> yes. like, well, that, that was like uh, thirty seconds ago. But yeah, just like why not us? Nobody wants to play us right now. You you just you can't say uh, you want to play us right now. There's just Bill, I think the three best teams in the AFC right now are us, the Bills, and the uh, Ravens. The, Ravens. the Dolphins, I think, have a ton of talent, but they've beat one team that's over 500 this year, and it was Dallas. And guess what Dallas doesn't do? They also don't beat teams over 500, especially on the road. So if now if Miami rolls into Baltimore and beats Baltimore in Baltimore this week, I'm going to throw them in that category of a team like, cause obviously Tyreek Hill and if Waddle come like they got freaking explosive players everywhere. I'm not discrediting their talent, but just the, the two other teams right now to me that are the biggest threat are the Ravens and the bills. And that's if the bills even get in and the bills are kind of inconsistent. Yes. Yeah, mean, they're up and think, down. You think that they're up and then maybe they're not a chargers. And I know they're just, playing for their new coach. I mean, if, if, if we, know, but. if we go into, if Jacksonville holds on, you, you mean to tell me you don't think the Browns would be, you wouldn't feel good about going into Jacksonville. I know I would. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then if we play the yep. divisional round in Kansas city, you don't, I would feel very good about that matchup for us. And Kansas city struggling right now. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I just think we, we can get to the AFC championship. And then from there, it's all bets are off. Anything can happen, but man, AFC championship game with, with what we've dealt with, I couldn't be more proud of the team of the Browns organization. Like guys like Njoku, just, I freaking love David Njoku. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Omaha steaks. 
Browns fans, we got a great Christmas Eve gift from the Browns with that beat down over the Texans. And if you missed out on getting Omaha Steaks holiday sale before Christmas, don't worry because the gifts continue to flow at omahasteaks.com. Head over there and enjoy the end of season event, 50% off site-wide sale. And remember to use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get an extra $30 off your order. These 50% off site-wide sales don't happen all year round. I know we just had the Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale. We had the Christmas holiday special, and now we have the end of season event. But now's the time, guys. If you have not taken advantage of the 50% off site-wide at Omaha Steaks yet this season, this is it. Get there for the end of season sale ahead of the new year and get all these great deals, these great meats. I'm telling you guys, this is the absolute best value you're going to get. For this quality of meat, it's unbelievable. The food is so delicious. I just talked to my brother over the holidays. I got him the the top sirloin steaks for Christmas. They grilled them up the other night. Loved them. They've got chicken, brats, burgers, jumbo franks. The desserts are incredible. They've got ready-to-eat meals. They've got seafood. Anything that you want. They've got it ready for you. And right now, 50% off site wide end of season event. And like I said before, make sure you use promo code DOGS, D A W G S, when you check out to get yourself an extra $30 off your order. We want to wish everyone out there a safe and happy new year as the Browns get ready to embark on a playoff journey in 2024. Minimum order may be required. I got it. I got one thing to say about uh, Ford. He was breaking tackles yesterday and he was getting after it. He actually, I found, you know, he's going to dance around a little bit, uh, but I found like he committed to the hole where he was supposed to go. And he actually like had some movement. Like he, he cut it up a bit and he always shows every single game that he is at least a danger in the passing game. And he went somewhere where Flacco could find him and got a 50 yard run broke tackles numerous times and got in the end zone. And we needed that. That was like the backbreaker. And he had just slowly just ascending every so if he can just keep doing that, you know, we know he's going to sometimes get those one yard losses, but it was more often than not that he was going ahead this time. Yes. He, uh, I I was looking, he averaged 5.3 yards a carry, which is like five yards more a carry than he did the last couple of weeks. Just to tee up on what he said about that touchdown catch too, that couldn't have come at like a more pivotal point. We literally just watched Elijah Moore like have this weird kind of, we don't know if it's a serious injury, obviously walks off, but at the time, like in the game, it was like two they, ish. they killed it on the screen and we were like, that didn't look good at all. Yeah, that hopefully he's okay. Aw- yeah. Stay in the hospital last night. They said he went home this morning, but um, literally the next play was that, and it was such a, I literally, Flacco gets hit in the head. You know, yeah, I got clubbed arm yeah, right in the He face. eludes, gets out, and then man, Ford, he did a lot there. That was that was one of the coolest, craziest plays I've seen in a long time. I mean, I feel like there's one a game like that, like that keep happening in these Browns games. But man, that it, that was electric. It was good to see because we've been very critical. I mean, and rightfully so. He's not been efficient. He's not been very productive. The last handful of games, there really hasn't been much to write home about for Jerome Ford. He hasn't had the big play. He hasn't done much of anything. Now, our run game and general's bad we've, we've been saying that forever too but to see what he was doing last night like you're saying just finally just get up feel just get up feel because whenever he gets up feel whenever he gets through the hole this is what he's capable of too often he's just dancing laterally side to side to side and it's like you're never going to get anywhere doing that but when he commits and goes you see what what can happen he's got open field like speed he's got top end speed if he can get to the open field the problem is it's like hey man to get to the open field it's quicker if you just 
go this way <laughs> instead of like, you know what I mean? It's quicker to get there if you go there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and forward to just a last note on him. Um, the Browns need to run the ball to beat this team. And he did it. Yeah. And yes. Th- that was a great thing. He, we wasn't one of those games where it's like, we know we can run the ball. And the, you know, it's one of those games where we can't run, can't get anything done. He just did it, man. That guy balled out. And I've been critical of the dude. I want to say you're awesome. Jerome Ford. <laughs> the offense, the offense was so it was clicking on every cylinder in the first half. Once Elijah Moore went out, it was one of the one in the second half. We were up so big. I don't feel like we were trying. I mean, we didn't give up and we, we weren't mailing it in. But at the same time, it was like, let's get out of this game. But also there was nobody left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's at some point you're missing Amari Cooper. You're missing Elijah Moore. Like you got Tillman and Goodwin in in Joku, well, they're not really worried about these guys. So now in Joku has like a historic first quarter. Oh my god! Well, now they're just going to put five guys on him. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's just the loss of Moore was just like thank God we got up big with him. Mm-hmm. And because it's just too much. Um, I guess we can kind of use that to transition then real quick before I do want to talk about like Flacco and Joku and the defense and stuff like that. There's been some talk online. What would you guys think about calling Jarvis Landry? I'm going to go to John here because he hasn't talked talk in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I uh, actually, I like it for a couple of reasons. I I got to be honest, I don't really know, like, how good he is compared to the last time he played in Cleveland. But I think he can be productive, and he knows Kevin. He knows, you know, the stadium, you know, the fan base. He's just, that's kind of home for him at this point, really. It would be like a homecoming. But also... It's just personal. If we go all the way, I I want Landry there. Like I wanted <laughs> Mo Williams in 2016. You know, yeah. it's like, did we need him? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But I'm glad he was there. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good. Yes. I think with Jarvis, the big thing that you'll notice is our penalties will go down. I think ever since he left the team, the, you got these uh, alignment issues. I, I don't know if maybe uh, the offsides is a thing with him but he seemed to be like a coach on the field and Mm. we got young players and somebody in the patreon has brought this up before i can't remember who it was um but he would be another on-field coach and a veteran presence that i think the team might help them propel them a little bit more in the playoffs well Well said he was great locker room and he was like the culture shift guy yeah, I mean, if you would ask me this question like a month and a half ago, you know, I probably would have gone to the good old like, ah, he's been on the couch all year. He's unsigned for a reason. He's probably washed up. He's probably not that good anymore. And then Joe Flacco happened. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't think I believe that all the time anymore. So I think Jarvis could come back in here and, and give us something. That'd be one of those things where at his age, sitting out the first basically, you know, 15 weeks, he's fresh. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, mm-hmm. he, if he's playing every game up until this point in his age and like the wear and tear on his body, he might be worn down by this time. If you go sign him now, I don't know what he's got left in the tank, but you'd be getting a very fresh, very healthy Jarvis Landry. I, I think another thing I would, a reason I would at least look at it is he's a good run blocker. Yeah. He's a very physical run blocker. He brings an attitude. I feel like he would fit the mentality of this team. Perfect. You know, and um, especially like if, if Elijah Moore is going to miss time, we need somebody else reliable for Joe Flacco to throw to, because I really like the potential of Tillman and Goodwin's a good uh, downfield threat, but he needs another, we need somebody opposite Amari Cooper that Joe Flacco can, and can go to in a pinch. And um, he's a, 
like you guys said, the locker room, he, he would fit right into this group, like seamlessly. He was, like you t- said earlier, he was one of the originators of this culture. Yes. He, like he, like John said, he deserves, I kind of feel like he deserves to enjoy the fruits of his labor. You know, he put a lot of work in into shifting the culture and then kind of, he got out of here mm-hmm. before he really got to see that manifest itself into W's. And so I would a hundred percent, at least work them out. Well, and the thing is people are going to hear what you just said there and say, well, why would you just be handing stuff out to guys? Jarvis wouldn't just, I mean, like you said, he'd be enjoying the fruits of his labors, but he'd also come in here to labor because we need him. And he would definitely give us some production. So much disrespect for David Bell, Kelly Bale, this guy, <laughs> this fucking guy, dude, nobody is disrespecting David Bell, but where was he? We're last just night? not mentioning him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would love for David Bell to do, to do great last year. If you watched the show that long ago, which you probably didn't, uh, he was a guy that we projected to be a breakout player. For we the were Browns. so high on him. Uh, yeah. So, um, Austin Watkins jr. That could be a possibility. Uh, you would have to think though, that if he w- was that guy, like he I mean, we've had a million injuries, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like he would, you would think he would be a guy, uh, that could, that would have got the call already. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but I, I would entertain that. I would, like I said, I, maybe don't just sign him, but bring him in bring and him try in. him out and see if he's got anything. You don't, it's not like you're going to ask him to play 18 games. You're hopefully you need him to play three, four, four. Yeah. So, um, that's I would consider it a hundred percent. Do we want to get to another voicemail before we dive into some more of the offense? Yeah, sure. We can do that. We will get into hot dang. Oh, sorry. My bad. We'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's from Devante from the Patreon. What's up guys is Devante here. The Philly fan in the two on six this year has been amazing, man. Joining the discord with you guys, chopping it up with everybody. Hopefully I get to work with you guys someday on the media side, but being able to watch this football team, team, not just a collection of players collecting a paycheck. People that actually ride for one another will die for one another. The culture has shifted. This is a team. Whenever they used to ask me when when it was football season and it was time to do football, when I was deployed everywhere else, Travis, who's your team? Who's your team? Uh, I got Philly. What about your home team, Cleveland? I support them. You know, I watched not knowing I've been a Browns fan my whole life. Only 16, Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, Baker Mayfield, Johnny Mazel, Jake DeLone, Seneca Wallace, Thad Lewis, Tim Couch, <laughs> Kelly Holcomb, Charlie Fry. I've sat through all those guys, sat through the head coaches, sat through the GMs. This is a team. It's time to put on for the lad. Believe lad. Let's do this. Dog check. <laughs> Uh, appreciate that. We've all lived through some of these yeah. tough times. And it's good to see a guy like Devonte. He said he, uh, he, I'm pretty sure he's in Philly now and he, he does Philly content. Uh, but he still got love for Cleveland back where he came from. He's been in the discord. He comes in, chops it up with us all the time. Uh, I do want to say Kelly says, I love that. I have a hard ass rep here. I'm glad that you have a good attitude about it. I'm glad that we can go back and forth and, and you know, it stays fun. So I, we appreciate you being here. There's Kelly. sometimes he says things in like YouTube <laughs> comments. I'm like, that's a great point. And then sometimes I argue with him a yep, lot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what makes it fun. Warranted. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm glad, but I'm glad we can all have a good time, especially when the Browns are in the playoffs. Uh, no, it's, we've been through a lot, man. That's a lot yeah. of freaking quarterbacks. I was going to say, he could have kept going. 
<laughs> I well, thought like he was just getting started. I'm well, like, he's, we're not He talked yet. about all those quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our current quarterback. Oh, he's in Cleveland now. Okay. Um, but yeah, we've been through a lot. C- current, current quarterback, Joe Flacco. I feel like it's a broken record, but uh, I just saw today on DraftKings the Comeback Player of the Year award now. It's uh, betting odds, if you're into that kind of thing. It's neck and neck. I think DeMar Hamlin's minus 150 or 100, and Joe Flacco is plus 150 or plus 100, one of the two, vice versa. Um, So, like, that's that. I mean, that's neck and neck. And, And again, I don't want. DeMar Hamlin literally freaking died on a football field. I'm never going to forget watching that. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. But I feel like, I, and I almost feel like if you'd even ask DeMar, like, does he want just handed an award just because? Right, exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel he's he's been inactive for most of the games. I think he has two tackles this year. Yeah, like you have to play and do stuff probably to win that award, I would imagine. And Joe Flacco is playing and doing stuff. Yes. You said it sounds like a broken record. The guy literally breaks records every week. He's doing something he's never done before. The, the Jets hadn't given up 280 yards passing in a game yet this year. They haven't given up three, a 300-yard passer in like the last 32 games. Is that what it was? Yeah, last 32. I knew it was something long like that. He had 296 Years. in the first half. Yeah. Career high. Yep, 296. He almost had 300. Is, is it crazy to think that Joe Flacco is playing the, the best football he's ever played? In a I think, while. I would say, in, I'd say in at least probably the last like, what maybe since fifteen. I mean, the Super like Bowl that, run was that was incredible. What he had, like eleven TDs and one pick or something, in the, or no picks in the, in the playoff run. He was very good, uh, but it the the way he, he's moving. Yeah, that I, everybody. The biggest knock on him and why people wanted to keep playing DTR is because like he's a statue back there with our backup tackles. He's just going to get sacked over and over again he's not gonna be able to move the dude is running around he had three yards rushing <laughs> and only he only took a sack and that i feel like that's every week it's either like a sack or no sacks he he barely takes a sack he can navigates the pocket i mean he creates more time he creates plays with his feet somehow it's like what in the world i mean i feel like he is a guy he's he's about to turn 39 here in a couple weeks or so and I feel like he is even turning back the clock on himself. Like he feels younger. He feels the youth revigorated and man, does it show. It's another one of those things where, and I actually listened to him a little bit on the McAfee show where he talked about uh, his mindset this year was like, maybe it's a good thing. I'm not on a team in training camp as in, you know, you don't know how that season's going to go. You don't, depending on what team you're on and how it goes by this point in the year, you might not, you might wish you weren't on a team. You know, and, and by being on the couch and just staying in shape. And then, I mean, he didn't really get to pick and choose because it sounds like he was looking and nobody, there were no takers. But he finds himself in potentially a way better situation than, I mean, he's been in the like the last two or three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I also think we have to talk, and he, he talked about this post game on Amazon last night. Uh, you have to give Kevin Stefanski credit, a lot of credit for what Joe Flacco is doing. Because we haven't had to talk about this in a while, but there were so many Kevin Stefanski haters this season and saying he runs a high school offense. He needs to give up play calling. He's calling the same plays, guys. I'm just, I'm just letting you know now. He's calling the same plays. Okay, we're just executing them better. And uh, does he need to adjust some when Deshaun's back? Yes. Does Deshaun need to adjust some? Yes. Okay. But Kevin Stefanski deserves a ton of credit. Do you think... Joe Flacco would look like this 
if he had Nathaniel Hackett calling plays? Absolutely not. That's the point I was going to make. You got to give Stefanski his due for what that team and especially Flacco's doing. Because everyone in the Jets organization, fan-wise, they're basically saying, well, they should have kept Flacco. Was he going to do what he's doing for the Browns? Yeah, you had him last year. You know? You had him in the building last year, and you didn't think enough of him to, to keep him around. Or even, pl- I mean, or play him. Every. Everybody in New York feels like they could have potentially been a playoff team last year with that defense if they were getting good quarterback play. He was in your building. Yep. So you, you, Stefanski get, has to be getting a ton of this credit. And I think nationally today, uh, somebody, Nick said it in our, uh, our Patreon text or like our OG chat. You can tell that there is a lot of national guys that last night was their first time watching a Browns game. Because they're talking about how good of a team we are. They're actually talking about things that you would only know if you watch us and not just from pulling up a box score right. and, and looking at stuff. Um, because everybody, I heard multiple people say, Kevin Stefanski's got to be coach of the year. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, they weren't saying this a month ago. Colin Coward came out today and said he loved uh, Stefanski, great young coach. AB's a great coach. Browns are a legitimate AFC title game uh, contenders, but literally last week he said we were a good story, not a good team. <laughs> you can tell that he just has never watched a game, uh-huh. and he's just pulling headlines and box scores. These national guys are so dumb. Like that's why you guys should watch our show because <laughs> we. Well, I mean, we watch as, as many games as we can every week, but we follow yes. hardcore the Browns and everything that they're doing. And another thing with Flacco that I think has made it so easy for him to buy into everything that's going on here, you think about like the Jets last season. Well, there was so much back and forth. It was Zach Wilson was the number two overall pick just what the year before or whatever. And it was like, well, or two years before, however long he's been. And it's like, well, he's still, we still kind of want him to be the guy, but we need you right now. And it's like, whenever he got to Cleveland, it's dude, this is your team now. Like you go take the reins. You're the leader. And you do what you do. And I think it was just so much easier for him to buy into that too. But like I can come in here and I can lead without, you know, fear of having to give up, give up my position. And uh, I want to touch on the quarterbacks. Cause you said it, like he's being a leader. Did you notice somebody else on the field too? Yes. Let's talk nobody about it. He said a damn thing about, and that was the guy that he chest bumped with. Yep. That was Mr. Deshaun Watson. Amelia was bringing it up here in the conversation more as if we're going to keep him for next year that's Flacco that is he was wondering if Flacco was going to say I would say man just enjoy the process enjoy it you know there are 250 or a quarter of a billion reasons why he probably won't be but enjoy this process now man Flacco's doing amazing and uh you know what Deshaun Watson he is being a real teammate number one he was on the sidelines no one said anything I don't know if you saw what he did in the Cleveland area uh, over the holidays yeah, with the kids that was it 300 kids and the gifts like come on man this every guy gets to have a chance to redeem himself or you know prove that they're innocent until proven guilty right and for some reason this guy doesn't get it so you know let let that be enjoy the process man and uh man just this quarterback play has been unreal it was nice last night because the broadcast had no choice but to show it because 
every time they would show Joe Flacco on the sideline after a play or, you know, whatever, when the defense was out there, Deshaun Watson's right there with him. They were together pretty much the whole game, it seemed like, on the sideline. And they're talking. You can tell that their interactions, there's no animosity between them. These are two guys that love playing football. They love their team. They're leaders on this team. And they're working together over there. And when Flacco came off after that touchdown, I mean, the chest bump with Watson, and he bumped him, and he puts his head back, and he's screaming into the air. It's like, this, this is awesome. And I, I hope people appreciate just what we have right now in Cleveland. Yeah, exactly, man. It's, it's a great thing to see. And again, about Flacco, uh, you know, to be realist, I don't know if a 39-year-old quarterback is going to make, you know, 17 games in three preseasons. I don't know if that's a thing. But enjoy the process, man, and just let it happen. No, I, I agree. Uh, I want to sh- – Lee Shelko messaged me, uh, uh, Honolulu Browns backers, and said, can you guys talk about – Flacco moving forward Flacco or not and I know we talked about it a little bit last week but like you said one he's gonna be 39 and I, I lo- trust me I love what Joe Flacco is doing I never in a million years would have thought I'd be rooting for Joe Flacco 100% I talked so much crap about this guy for his entire career I hated him uh, I thought he was so overrated uh, I thought he got carried by defense and Anquan Bolden and I freaking love the guy now. Like every every game, every interview, everything he does, I just I like him. But he's throwing for a ton of yards. But if you go look at points per game, uh, where Deshaun and the the points per game before this week is which was when I was looking at it, we were scoring more points per game with Deshaun than we were with Joe Flacco. Two of Joe Flacco's games, we didn't score twenty points. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's throwing for a lot more yards. Okay, and a lot more touchdowns. Well, guess what? We're throwing the ball way more, and he doesn't have a run game to take away touchdowns in the red zone. And how many turnovers have led to other teams' points, and then we have to throw more to come back. Yes, and that's another thing. He now has, in five games, what, seven or eight interceptions? That's eight now. Eight, and he has a lost fumble. Like, he's got a ton of turnovers. So, again, I'm not taking anything away. He is essentially saving our season down the stretch, and I think he gives us a chance to go on a legitimate Super Bowl run, hopefully. But to the people who are talking like he's just playing like the best quarterback that's ever stepped foot on a football field ever, he's throwing a lot of yards, but he's he's turned the ball over a shit ton also, okay? And he's playing with house money right now. Right. He has nothing to lose. He's on the couch. He's our only option. He's just coming in and he's like, get it. Huck it, chuck it, football. Somebody's mm-hmm. down there. We're going to make plays. And it's working out right now, and I hope it works out for four more games. And we were talking about earlier today when we were golfing, we were talking about there were some handful of plays last night. It was like, damn near through more interceptions. Like the one out to – Elijah Moore had a hell of a game last night, and one of the best plays that he made last night didn't show up on the stat sheet, but it was the pass that was almost intercepted that he somehow got his hands up and the defender was able to knock it away. And then he tipped it up. Well, he tipped it up, and then he caught it, right? Mm-hmm. That was a sweet play. I'm but it should have been picked or could have been a pick. And then the one to Njoku where it just went over Mosley's hands. It was like, <gasps> like my butt puckered on that one. Cause it was so damn close to being picked. It's like, can we just enjoy, can we just like enjoy what we're doing without having, we don't need to drum up controversy and drama. Do we like, can we just enjoy the fact I would that prefer we don't, <laughs> yeah. can we just enjoy the fact that we clinched a playoff spot with a week to go? We could potentially rest starters. I mean, I never thought this would happen in my life. No. You'd ask me in 2016, do you ever think the Browns are going to clinch a playoff spot with a week to go? I would have said, I don't know the next time we're going to win a game. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> playoffs. Playoffs. Let's get one win. I'm please. just trying to get a preseason I'm get a win. win. <laughs> yes. 
Um, wait, let's just mention David and Joku last night. I mean, we talked, mentioned him earlier, but 128 yards in like the first 17 minutes of the game. That's crazy. And he had five catches for 128 yards. The guy was, and they were talking about the broadcast too, a rack monster. Like every, th- every catch he made, he had a huge rack. I, uh, what? That's gross. <laughs> yeah, bro, chill out, dude. You have a big dick, too? <laughs> Come on, man. Hot dang. <laughs> <laughs> this just went oh, off the rails. Off the rails. <laughs> oh, it's been really good doing this show, guys. And, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to get taken off the air. Uh, what's funny is in the Discord, we're, we're, we're texting all game, and... I, I made a comment. I said, I feel like every time Njoku catches a pass, I just assume he's going to get 15 yards afterwards. And then the very next play catches and goes for, I think it was like 40. And I was like, man, it's like I could see into the future. Uh, he, I don't think there's a better, outside of Flacco, there's not like a better story for this Browns team and organization than David Njoku. Where he, Doing the shots. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, doing doing shots with fans after the game, like out in the parking lots. He just gets it, man. He's he is a Cleveland Brown. I hope he retires a Cleveland Brown. Um, Every just his entire journey from getting drafted in the first round, having drops issues to he had issues with Freddie Kitchens and was he didn't dress for I think two games or something like that because Freddie benched him to butting heads with Stefanski. To come full circle where three weeks ago, Stefanski's propping this guy up the night before a game and talking about, this is a Cleveland Brown. If you want to know what it's like to be a Cleveland Brown, this is who you should model your game after, model what it's like to be a good teammate after. David Njoku is who you guys should aspire to be. Two years ago, David Njoku requested a trade because they couldn't get along. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So just... Like, you have to credit him. You have to credit Stefanski. And then just what he's doing on the field now, he's finally, he's finally getting the targets. I mean, he's arguably, like, I mean, he's a top three tight end right now. And Kelsey's struggling. He's with injuries. He's getting older. Kittle is still very good. You got, like, Kelsey, Kittle, Laporta. I think TJ Hawkinson's starting to come to his own. TJ Hawkinson. I think he's the most complete. But he's out. Yeah, he's out for the year. Yeah. Yes. But all these dudes who are great receiving tight ends aren't the run blocker that David Njoku is. George Kittle would be the closest one. He's the most complete one. out. You know what I mean? But, like, these guys aren't as good in the run blocking as David is. And he's just as good with them in the receiving department. And uh, did we forget that he damn near burned his face pretty much completely off? And and and, And his hands. And and then went and played... Two days later, yeah, like, it, it that feels like a, a two or a season or two ago. That was this year that happened. That's yeah. crazy. It's <laughs> like one of the least significant injuries we've had this year. <laughs> yeah, a guy lights his face on fire. <laughs> he lights his face on fire. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did you guys see the Christmas post that the Browns put out? Yeah, yeah. And they had like the cartoon of the, the some of the players in the room, and he's he's standing next to the fire putting something on the tree, and he said, "You guys could put not put me next to the fire." Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I was watching a little bit of Get Up this morning, and uh, they were showing Browns highlights, and Ryan Clark was like, "Some people would say he's on fire," and ever and everybody just kind of like looked at him and couldn't believe he said it, and I was like, "Ryan Clark, you could be on the Dogs podcast with that kind of <laughs> with that kind of comment because that is exactly the kind of comment I would make." Um, <laughs> But no, I, I couldn't be more pumped for David. He's, I don't have any current Browns players, Browns jerseys. I have a Jim Brown jersey and that's it. And like a David Njoku jersey might be the number one I want. He's, he's one of my favorite. He's definitely one of my favorite Browns players ever. 
Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He 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 morphed in that for me because I thought when he came in to the league, I thought he had a ton of potential. Then I thought he had kind of a bad attitude. And I almost thought like football wasn't for him. It wasn't his priority. I almost thought he should have just go back to Miami, be a model or something. He's so know. damn pretty. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then he just turned it around. And like you're saying, he is the most complete uh, tight end in the league right now with the blocking and the pass catching and everything. And I, I can you guys imagine if those games that we played this week and the week previous, they were kind of blowouts, right? And I don't know if you noticed, he did most of his damage in the first half when they needed him. And then in the second half, he had to do more run blocking. He was mm -hmm. blocking a bit more, so he wasn't running too many routes. If those were tight games and we needed him, those stats would be through the roof. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. Uh, and like there were some games like the Cardinals games. We, we pulled guys early yeah. and stuff like that. Um, Somebody said, oh, Fatal Gnome said he played last week with a stitched toe from another home yeah. accident. Can we get somebody at Dave and Jokey's house to, like, baby-proof it? <laughs> Maybe put some, some uh, like, pool noodles on the sharp corners, take away <laughs> right, any yeah. of his matches or lighters. Yep. Like, can we can we get somebody out there baby-proof the house a little bit? Might as well just put, like, the baby things in the sockets. Like, yeah. just stay away from everything, David. Like <laughs> yes. Um, but, no, I, I'm so pumped for David and Joku. Uh, do we have any more voicemails? We do. Let okay. me see. We've got, looks like this is the last one. This one's from Brad Moneymaker. Eight seconds left, guys. Justice threw the ball to the center field, and the Browns tackled him. There we go. In the game. We clinched a playoff, boys. We are 11-5. and five. Let's go. Did we lose our two wide receivers? What? Are we down to, like, practice squad players on the team at points? What? Are we going to the playoffs with Joe Flacco? What? Is this team can beat any other team in the playoffs? I think so. What? I can't believe this. We're going to playoffs again. What? Ken Svansky, best coach ever. What? Let's go, guys. I'm so pumped. I'm pumped for the playoffs. Let's go. I feel like he's got like a sleeping child very close to him and he's got to like keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard both sides of Brad Moneymaker. I've heard him losing his mind and then I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> that, the subdued. Uh, he said best coach ever. Is coach, do you think Kevin Stefanski, I saw this on Twitter earlier, is he a top 10 coach right now? So for us, top 10 coach in the NFL right now? Yeah, like yes. current NFL yes. top 10 coach. I would say he's the best coach that the Browns have had since 99 easily. And then I saw a crazy stat. I think somebody posted in Discord, but uh, coaches with 11 wins or more, uh, multiple seasons, only two of them, Kevin Stefanski, the other one, Paul Brown. Yeah. That's, is that good company? That's that's <laughs> like elite company. Elite. Uh, I, I, what do you think, John? Is Kevin Stefanski a top 10 coach in the league right now? You know, if he's not, I probably just wouldn't know. <laughs> I, uh, I don't. I don't really watch every other team, so it's very just say yes. very biased for me to say yes. But but yeah, he definitely is, and he. I agree with Brad. He's actually the greatest coach of all time. I think if you're going to coach somebody, coaching means you're going to make them better than what they are. And as far as Stefanski's concerned, he's done the most with the least based on the number of injuries. So that would put him in the upper echelon top five candidates right now because of what he's done with what he has. Um, as far as calling games, I think he's kind of morphed more into what we want as like Cleveland Browns fans because he came into this game, like I said earlier, he knew he had to run the ball. He knew he had Jerome Ford's the starter. 
There's not any, no one else is going to, you know, take that away from him at this point. And he got him to drive through tackles, break through tackles, and he got two touchdowns out of that. And we were all complaining about it because we're not dumb. He's not dumb. He knows what's going on. And he somehow made it happen through his other coaching staff. Well, we definitely found out why Pierre Strong's not getting as much run as we were, we would hope. Can't hold on the ball. It sucks. He averaged seven point three yards. I know. Carry. He looked good when he got it. Too. That's <laughs> yes. the thing. Like Jerome Ford or uh, Pierre Strong when he gets the ball, man. I mean, he looks he, like our most explosive running back. Definitely, right now. definitely. Um, at least, especially at least at the point of attack, Jerome Ford's explosive in the open field. But just getting t- to get to the second level, Strong looks like the best one for sure. 100%. And um, I, I think Stefanski. Somebody in here said top five. I would. 100% say he's top five. Like if when I think of the really great coaches in the NFL right now, I'm thinking Andy Reid, um, Belichick's a great defensive coach, but man, he's he's struggling a little bit to like adapt to the he's team. More, he's an all-time great. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, but like current standing as is, it's, I don't know where to put him. Because, I I, you know what I mean? Like I, I just don't know where to put him. Um, but you got Andy Reid, uh, I think uh, Shanahan. Harbaugh. Uh, Harbaugh's Sirianni. a great coach. I don't even know. Like Sirianni has had a loaded roster, and he lost his coordinators, and the the Eagles are reeling a little bit. They're reeling, but I mean, they're still pretty good. I, I see what you're saying, but... You know what I mean? Like, I would take Stefanski over Sirianni. I would, too. Um, I think Steichen in, in India is good. I think uh, Mike McDaniel is good, but he's had a ton of talent, and they're... they're Last year, they fell off once two and missed a lot of games. This year, they only have one team over a guy with 500. I think he's an offensive genius, and I still think he's a good coach. But I don't know. I can't think of any other coach that would have a 10-win season and now an 11-win season, two playoff berths in Cleveland with the amount of just dumpster fireness that Kevin has had to deal with, mm-hmm. especially this year. Yeah. I mean, Mike McDaniel, McDaniels couldn't win a game without Tua last year. They still had Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Mostert, uh, Jeff. What's his last Jeff name? Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Uh, they still had a good defense. Gasecki too last year. Yeah, I mean, and he couldn't win a game. Couldn't what? win a game without him. If you go two and one with PJ Walker, your coach of the year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's well a good said. point. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there. Uh, I saw some some numbers on Shanahan when they were playing the Ravens. He's never won a game. When I think down eight in the fourth quarter, hmm. how many times have the Browns done that this year? Yeah, this year with backups. We I've talked about it in at length. Uh, Shanahan's record uh, with backup QBs. Yeah, it's abysmal. It's like thirty games under five hundred or something. Ian Rob says, "Would it read be fine if Pat was down for large?" a large period of time. I, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you had to take uh, Pat Mahomes out and put DTR in there for the rest of the year, like a half year, PJ Walker, good, put PJ Walker in there. I don't yeah. know. And that's the thing. I mean, you, and you can say these things, these what ifs, you don't know until anything actually happens. And exactly. would we have said before the season, well, Kevin can, you know, win just as many games. He'll win 11 games this year with PJ Walker and DTR and eventually Joe Flacco. Now we would have never said that. So, well, and I get what he's saying too, because like, trust me, I think Andy Reid's one of the best coaches ever, especially offensively. He had Donovan Donovan McNabb. Uh, he had Alex Smith, and I'm not saying Alex Smith is in a Hall of Fame or anything, but he was, he was a good quarterback, a good quarterback. And then on to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's not like I said; it's just the the situation that Kevin has dealt with to still be 
in Paul Brown category for the Browns. It's it's insane. Yeah. So I lied. Emilio, thank you in the chat for reminding me. We do have one other voicemail here from Emilio from today. And then I think we should talk about a couple defensive guys. For sure. This. What's up, dogs? It's Emilio Mendiola here in Columbus, Ohio. And the Browns are back in the playoffs, baby. Let's go. Joe Flacco is the man. And I want to keep my question short and sweet. Now, if the Browns make the Super Bowl, I don't care who I don't care about like who is more likely to be in the Super Bowl. But if the Browns didn't make the Super Bowl, would you rather them face the Lions or the Buccaneers or someone else? The Lions would be great because let's face it, the Lions and the Browns playing against each other would be funny as hell and a great game to watch. And then the Buccaneers would be great to play Baker Mayfield. Now, would any of those happen? I don't want to hear the arguments because let's be honest, it's probably not going to happen. But if it did happen, which one would you prefer or would you prefer another team to go up against? I would just like to say for the record real quick, if we see the Buccaneers or the Lions, I think we beat their asses, both of them. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I would, I would take, if that's if that's it, book the flight. Uh, the Buccaneers, 100%. <laughs> we w- I feel like we would kill um, because we're above 500 and Baker loses to teams that are above 500. We know what happens when Baker gets pressured. <laughs> um the Lions would be a tough game. I mean, the Lions are, are freaking good. Uh, when I was talking about best coaches, I forgot to say Dan Campbell. I think yeah. he's one of the best coaches. Yeah. Um, I don't care who we play. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I want to play the team that I think gives us the best chance to win. Like, I, you know, I want to play the best teams I can be the best. I want to play the team that lets me be the Super Bowl champion. I don't, <laughs> I don't care who that is. Right. Okay. Yeah, because we have to beat really good teams to even get there. Yeah, so I, I don't even care who it is. Um, the, I think a Browns-Lions Super Bowl would be, I mean, that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, I really like Dan Campbell and what he's done for the Lions uh, and that they're kind of like the Browns in terms of just the history of being sorry. And so to see them good at the same time is cool. But um, I, I don't even want to, I obviously want to go to the Super Bowl, but I can't think about who we're going to play in the Super Bowl yet because we still got, we got we got to have the same mentality as the team. It's 1-0. and Yeah. We're on yep. to Cincinnati. You know, and if this game doesn't matter, then okay, we're on to whoever we play we're in the playoffs. We're on to Cincinnati. Just on to getting people healthy. Um, but so you said you want to talk about some defensive people, Emilio. We appreciate the uh, voicemail. Uh, let's take maybe five ten minutes here. What? How did you guys feel about the defense last night? Because maybe I'm spoiled. Maybe my expectations were too high. We only gave up ten points. We had to pick six. So like on paper, you're like outstanding defensive performance. But I just I, I guess I expected this to be like a Titans type game where or a Cardinals game where they're lucky to even get off a pass. I thought the crowd was going to just be so yeah. loud and the energy was going to be so high that they, they were just going to be catch the snap and just chuck it and hope you can and hope nobody dies. I, I think it's both. I think that we are spoiled. We have been spoiled by our defense. And I think our expectations are so high that we were also disappointed by the defense last night because I mean, Brees Hall, we Browns couldn't stop him. I mean, if this had been a close game, if they had any competent quarterback play whatsoever, and I'm still surprised that Trevor Simeon was able to have as much passing yardage as he did. I he thought doubled for, his average. Yeah. I thought for sure. I thought for sure. 150 tops, like against this Browns defense, we're, we're going to smother that. But I think that Brees Hall's ability on the ground and him just making huge chunk yardage out of nothing, almost every play, kind of opened up that passing game for the Jets and for Simeon. So it was, it was tough, but it, you know, at the end of the day, the 
defense definitely held their own and they did what they needed to do and got us to the playoffs. Held them to, held them to, it was 10 or 13 points, right? Cause the, we had the, the pick six. So held them to 13 points. Um, they ran 10 more plays than we did. They had 360, they had 360 yards of offense. And I, I honestly thought this was going to be, I thought they were going to struggle to get to hundred yards offense. I thought it was yeah. going to be Bengals week one, Titans, Cardinals, where I thought it was going to be bears from a couple of years ago where Justin Fields had negative net yards passing. Um, so like you said, we, we are spoiled a little bit. I think we are so aggressive and Brees Hall is a special back that he took advantage of our aggressiveness in that ground game. A lot of his runs were cutbacks. Yes. And yep. I think the backside pursuit just didn't do a very good job of just staying in their rush lanes. They were just so overly aggressive getting to the football that Brees Hall was able to take advantage of that. I also don't think some guys were getting great footing last night. A lot of slipping. Um, yep. So I think that, that, that didn't help. But I, w- I thought Trevor Simeon was going to look like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying he looked great. He, you know, he, he threw a pick six, uh, he's 32 of 45 for 261. But I think if you would have told Trevor Simeon, I'm going to go for 261 in a touchdown against this defense, he'd say, oh, I played pretty well. And I just didn't expect him to be able to leave saying no. that. <laughs> and and I, he got yeah. some chunk passes late when, you know what I mean? But they just overall offensively looked better than I was expecting them to. And again, we sound spoiled. I get this. I'm not saying the defense is bad. We're just maybe my my bar is just so high with the defense. Well, does it matter? Says right what we were saying while we're playing golf. I don't think you heard us say this, Blake. We said um, uh, Hall is shades of Chubb. He just breaks tackles. He's going to be good. He's elite. He's going to get his. We could just never sit him down, which was frustrating. Uh, to your point about the the backside cuts, there's sometimes and and I see I see it more with Miles. Uh, than I do on the other side, whoever the defensive end will be, either right or um, uh, Z Dog there. Um, I think Miles sometimes like guesses and he leaves, it seems like he leaves these wide open holes. And backs, they must know this because backs blow those up big time. And I, I just don't know where it is. I'd have to watch the, the tape a little bit more. And I've been noticing that a little bit. As far as like on pass, um, when we're we're rushing our defense, for whatever reason, it seems like we collapse and we collapse super high on the uh, quarterback, and they always escape. And then there's nobody there. I don't know where Tomlinson and uh, the other defensive tackles are going. Like they should be pushing that pocket up. And whenever they do, man, we have monster games, monster sack games. Um, and did you guys find we were getting like burned a little bit on crossers? Yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. all the time. So, like, I know our guys are fast. So, what's going on there? Well, that's not. That's. I mean, Garrett Wilson's good. Yes, he's yeah, a very enough, good receiver. Enough. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they they have a couple dudes on offense. And again, so maybe my my expectations were just through the roof. Um, I I really fed into like the crowd being a huge factor and just the atmosphere and what I'd seen us do to more accomplished teams. I'm not saying the Cardinals and the Titans are better offenses, but I would say that. Um, they're better than what the Jets offense has been. They're historically one of the worst offenses ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought historically one of the worst offenses against historically one of the best defenses on a Thursday night on national TV with this crowd. I was like, there's just, they're going to be lucky to get snaps off. That's the way I kind of th- saw it going. Yeah. But you know, we talked about it with the Murray Cooper last night on Twitter. I mean, the short week too. I mean, does not give these players bodies the, <laughs> the normal recovery time. And that I think is a problem. You hear a lot of players griping about these Thursday night games and I get it. Like 
on a Thursday, that's still midweek for your recovery from that Sunday game. And now you're already back on the field playing again. So it's, it's tough. I'm sure our guys were kind of winded out there and, and go ahead. That's a good point. John and I were saying that and I kept pointing to our, de- our defensive tackles at the game. I kept saying they're tired, man. Yeah. And it didn't matter who was coming in. They were tired. Our offensive tackles were tired. I could tell. And uh, you could really tell both teams didn't have much near in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know? So I got misquoted real quick. Okay. Vontae said in the discord, I said, our running defense is ass. No, I said our running defense is kind of ass right now. Somebody <laughs> else said it is ass. So don't misquote me. <laughs> um, so one guy who was probably pretty tired after the game last night, I just want to shout out Sione Taki Taki because going back through the game and looking at everything, I mean, the dude had 16 tackles last night, which seemed like an outrageous amount to me. So I looked it up and it was, he's actually, that's actually tied for the fourth most in a single game in Cleveland Browns history. So good for him. And it's I, from what I could tell today, it's also the fourth most in a single game across the NFL this year. Wow. That's awesome. He, he's been playing really well. JOK has been balling out. Ooh, yes. He um, is. Yep. Anthony Bell was third in the team in tackles last night. Ronnie Hickman had a pick six. It's every guy. It's everybody. Everybody is doing it. Um, I thought the special teams bounced back nicely yesterday. I'm not even going to count the missed PAT or extra point against them because uh, I guess extra point PATs are the same thing because the kicker's been on the team for a day and a half. He's not our kicker. You know, like you can't scheme up him just making his kicks. But I thought the ki- I thought the kickoff team, the punt, I thought the special teams really bounced back, forced a fumble. Um, it's just a total team effort defensively and – I just love this freaking team. Yeah. <laughs> and is, we didn't even mention Miles Garrett's name really, but I mean, he got a sack last night, first one in a while. And I felt like he was bringing so much pressure last night. It was, it was crazy. And it was so funny. The one they did a replay of Trevor Simeon getting pressured and miles is coming off the edge toward the camera and it was in slow motion and the defender, the offensive tackle has a hand wrapped around his back and the other hands on the side of his helmet. <laughs> and he's not getting called. He got but you one. did get one. He got one. But it's just it's just crazy to see these these replays and you see wow, Miles Garrett is getting pressure on this quarterback and these guys are WWE style moving on him. And he actually got a holding call yesterday. Yeah. It was maybe the most surprising part of the game. I know I said about shit my pants. <laughs> the crowd was pretty like <laughs> What? what what's the word for it they're like laughing a bit a little bit like oh finally like yeah you know it's pretty it was pretty good I, I will say one thing um last night walking from the stadium to the clevelander last night was an unreal experience um the high fives going on down the street and people singing shouting joe flacco's name here we go brownies just it echoed through the city it was it was unreal it was like anything and the biggest thing is like um uh, what J- Blake was saying is like, I'm, we're cheering for Joe Flacco. Like we're chanting his name over the bridge, like Joe, super Joe. Like that. And I was just, I, I just can't believe this. I keep now, I, I just keep looking for pigs flying. I'm like, where are they? Where are they? They got to be flying right now. Uh, I, so I, there are two things I want to wrap up the show with if we're good. Uh, a couple comments. Um, the one we Ravens run the AFC North. I did a little research on this when I was arguing with Aaron Butler in the comments. Do Ravens fans realize that they're two and one against the Browns in their last three games? And the only game they've beat us is with our backup. They haven't beat us with a starting quarterback in uh, the last two years or the last three games. Also in the last three seasons, we're three and three against them. 
So for a team that is just like, we're constantly dominating you, you're 500 against us in the last three years. And you can't be dominating the North if there's still a possibility you don't win it with yeah. two games left to go. You dominated so much that you finished fourth two years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So just like, yeah. stop. And then uh, there were two other comments Does this, that they kind of go together. Does the signing of the backup QB Driscoll from the cards, the active roster, mean they will probably sit Flacco for the Cincinnati game? And then I wanted to address C-Dub's comment of curious do we sit our starters for the cincinnati game uh or to lose the division or let me read this again curious do we want to play our starters versus cincy or do we lose the division and rest the guys for the playoffs i'm leaning towards resting so they kind of work together these two comments we'll wrap it up with this i think if it all depends on what happens in baltimore on sunday if if the dolphins win you have to try to go win the division Mm mm-hmm I agree. And because that, that number one seed, you can't put enough value That's on. That's true because you're not just winning the division, you're winning the one seed and a bye week the, anyway. It's the bye. Yeah. If it didn't come with the bye, like I'd still want to win the division, but the bye, that gives our guys even another week to get healthy and you get to host. Because, yes. We already said the five seed is a sweet yeah. spot to be in right now because whoever we're going to play, Jacksonville or whatever, you know, AFC South team wins that. Like we'll probably be favored. We're, we're gonna. I'm gonna feel good about that game. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, you watch that game. If, if the Dolphins, if in my opinion, if the Dolphins win, you play your starters in Cincinnati, and you just got one of your assistant coaches scoreboard watching in Baltimore because they'll, they'll both be one o'clock games. Yeah. And you say. Let me know if the if the Ravens get up two scores or something. And if they do, then you get together with your staff and you say, hey, let's just start pulling some guys and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, and you kind of scoreboard watch and play it by ear. If the Like I said earlier, if the Ravens win, I'm not even sending any of our players. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sending a, I, I, I'm not letting a starter get anywhere close to the field because we can't afford an injury. Okay? And with this team's injury luck – I'm not putting Amari Cooper out there in a meaningless game to get hurt uh, and then have to play a playoff game without him in a year where it feels like we really got something going. I agree. Hey, you, uh, you said everything I wanted to say. Uh, I can't, I don't think you can put enough importance on the idea of possibly hosting any playoff games, but throughout, I mean, nobody wants to come to Cleveland. There is not one team that would be like, yeah, I'll go to Cleveland because the weather Anybody who's from this area is going to keep getting shittier. <laughs> that stadium, in about three weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if there's two or three inches and then a very formidable defense, and nobody wants to come there and deal with that fan base that will be just, what's the word I'm looking for? Rowdy and rambunctious. Could you imagine, <laughs> could you imagine the stadium at a home playoff game? No. <laughs> you have to imagine I, it. I, I, it I would be experience. Yeah. It. Um, but yeah, I would say just real quick to the Driscoll thing. I think it's a, it's a hedge either way. I mean, so you sign another quarterback. We only have two right now. And the other one's PJ Walker. I mean, good Lord, we need what's wrong with having another body for at least practice, you know, the practice squad and everything got to have some sort of emergency plan. I think it would be cool if the, if the dolphins do win and we start Driscoll and win a game with a fifth quarterback. And and that's, (laughs) that's another point I wanted to make before we wrapped up was this Bengals game and we'll preview it next week and everything, but I mean, are we just chalking up to an automatic loss just because we don't play our starters? I mean, we always beat the Bengals. They're banged up too, starting backups and stuff. Jamar Chase is out. They don't have anything to play for, really, like we do. So why why wouldn't we be able to beat them? True. I agree. 
Uh, so we'll wrap this thing up. We appreciate everybody being here. This was a great live. We want to thank Kenny Mack taking time out of his, his trip to come all the way down here, uh, do this episode with us. Uh, we're hoping to make it up to his, to the land of the North one day to do one of these. Uh, if you know, we have to be allowed to cross the border though. And with my convictions, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, thank you. Fatal gnome. He just snuck one in here real quick. Team of destiny, full circle from Paul Brown to Kevin Stefanski. Win it all. Let's do that. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's go to the super bowl. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys being here. Couldn't think of a better 124 people to spend my evening with after the Browns clinch a playoff spot, hot uh, earn the second hot season, dang. hot dang, hot, hot dang. dog. Uh, we appreciate John from last week letting us use his voice as a soundbite. We're going to use it from now until uh, the end of time. So we appreciate you guys being here. We appreciate Kenny Mack being here. Hopefully you guys liked us sharing our, our mics. I thought it looked cute on the uh, camera. Uh, so again, we can't wait to uh, talk to you guys later when we preview the uh, the Bengals game sometime next week. Let's pull for the Dolphins this week. Uh, hope Elijah Moore is healthy and go Browns. See you guys next week when we're talking Bengals game and playoff matchups. Go Brownies. Ho, 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 ho. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.